0: hello my diamonds welcome to episode 38 i don't have a real intro to this i'm here to talk about the high school shooting that happened about 10 miles from my house today february 14th 2018 she has no business giving advice because all the so-called social norms are against her but she's here in your world to give her slightly biased, in-your-face opinion on how she thinks you could human better. Follow now to catch all her inspirational words on life, business, love, and learning to empower yourself. And now, your host, Sabrina Victoria. Ah. Uh. I don't even know what the correct way of starting a podcast on a day like this should sound like or be like. Um, February 14th is supposed to be a day of love, Valentine's Day. Um, I was just joking yesterday on Snapchat that I walked into our local grocery store and uh, You know last night and there was pink and red everywhere flowers and balloons and candy and hearts and teddy bears and kitty cats and bunnies and everything's carrying a heart and roses and flowers and beauty and love and there was many men circling around aimlessly trying to find the best gift And the wine aisle, which I don't drink, but I had to go past the wine aisle, was filled again with men searching up and down all the aisles trying to find the most perfect wine for their beloved sitting at home. And I think now, today, of how many of those men thinking that today was going to be full of love and joy and cards and kisses and sex and uh, expensive dinners Uh, could be at the moment feeling a huge loss. Um, Today about 10 miles from my house as I'm sure many of you at the moment are hearing about uh, a young man, nineteen years old, Nicholas Cruz, decided to go into a high school, Stoneman Douglas High School, here in Parkland, Florida, and decided to shoot up the school. And I can't get over how devastating. You know, as a mom, there's a lot of worry about my kid. You know, he goes out and hangs out with his friends. And I worry about him riding his bike and getting hit by a car. I worry about the park that he plays at and whether or not there's mean kids or bullies or kids doing drugs in the corner. I worry that, you know, when he crosses a major street to get to a gas station with his friends because they're thirsty after a basketball game of him getting hit by a car because being reckless and not looking both ways or trying to hurry because he's tired of waiting and is impatient and all of these things you know all of these worries as a parent thinking of all the ways my child could possibly be taken from me I think it's just something that's Ingrained in parents. You know, we're always worried. We're always just hoping for the best. And out of all the places that you worry about, you know, them going and shouting out, be careful, be responsible, look both ways, make sure you have a light on. Don't be, you know, patient crossing the street. Think twice. You know, when my son goes off to school, I just say, I love you. Have a good day. I never think to say, take cover, be careful, watch your back. And it's devastating thinking that as a parent, you feel like school is the safest place. And I know for a lot of kids, it's probably not because of bullying. But for the majority, I feel like parents feel as if their kid is safe in school. They're out of trouble. They're learning. They got teachers teaching them good things. They're getting their education. And, you know, I was just doing some research. And within the last five months, the largest shootings here in the United States have happened just within the last five months mass shootings today February fourteenth, two 2018 Nicholas Cruz who's 19 years old killed 17 people all within a half hour or an hour or 15 minutes who knows 17 people went to school, like a regular day, and died. I was watching, um, a ton of newscasts, obviously. It happened 10 miles from my house. My son is going to be entering high school next year. Um, he's an eighth grader in, uh, middle school right now he's excited about high school and it's devastating thinking I just can't even I just can't even fathom but anyways I was watching these newscasts and now in today's day and age with social media you can see things that you couldn't see before and there was dozens of of clips of students on Snapchat or just video record, videoing live, the shootings and hearing the bullets and hearing the screaming and seeing with your own eyes, actual terror. Not like in the movies, not like it's just a movie (laughs) don't get scared it's just a movie actual real life terror in these children and hearing the screams and knowing that the screams are real real terror and the gunshots were real gunshots by a child a 19-year-old child who had been expelled, who had a social media page filled with guns and knives. It was told that, I guess it was sort of a a running joke, that if anyone was going to shoot up Stoneman Douglas High School, it was going to be Nicholas Cruz. They actually proclaimed it. They knew. There's a part of me that wonders if he got wind of that and did it out of spite. Or if it was actually a real thought where people felt it and saw it. And maybe it could have possibly been prevented. I think the thing that's the most upsetting, besides obviously the horrific video footage of the children inside the school, was the message that the police officers were giving as far as, or the sheriff, as far as being proactive if, like, telling the public that if they see, telling the students that if they see anything strange on someone's social media, an excessive amount of violence, excessive amount of dead animals, like killings, like they're shooting up stuff and plastering all over their Instagram, images of knives, guns, to um, report it. So they're saying, if you see anyone's social media profile and it looks strange, if it looks different, if it looks violent, to report it to the police station. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a really, that's a good idea. Like we should be doing that. We should be watching out for each other. And I'm thinking to myself of all the times I've gone and shuffled through my Instagram even. And I come across pictures of men holding guns, tattooed from top to bottom, flashing guns, flashing knives, smoking with a gun, drinking beer with a gun. And it gives me the heebie-jeebies. It scares me. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Like it would be interesting if we could actually report these people. Because why are you flashing a gun for? Why do you got to be doing that? What's that for? It's scary. It makes me scared. But what was so devastating about the conversation is my thought process and how I thought, wow, that's a good idea. You know, I'm going to start watching out. I'm going to start being a, a lookout and reporting these things. That's a great idea. And then later on, as I'm shifting through more and more articles and watching more and more news clips, I come across another one where uh, a female news reporter made an amazing point. And she goes, there's no way that there's enough money to track down every case where somebody flashes a gun on their social media. And the police officer agreed. He said, you're right. You're right, there is no way that we can possibly track down all of them. And then she goes on to say that what can the police really do? We have freedom of speech. You can post anything you want on your social media. I mean, predominantly. If it's not physically harming anyone or hurting anyone, if it's just a picture, you can't do anything. So she made a good point. She's like, well, what, what can we really do then? What can really be done? If number one, we report them, but then there's not enough money to actually follow up on each case. And then number two, if there was enough money to follow up on the case, what can you really do to stop the person? There's nothing. You can't do anything. There's no probable cause, there's nothing. There's just a picture. You don't know if they're gonna shoot up a school. You don't know if they're gonna shoot up a mall or a, a nightclub. There's no evidence. You can't base anything off that. You can't arrest anyone off that. You can't assume anything off of that. And that hit me hard, that was devastating because I went from, oh, there's hope, to, oh, no hope. The one thing that one of the you know, deputies or whatever did say though, to combat that which brought a tad bit more light to the situation was intervention so if something is brought to their attention an excessive amount of pictures or language of violence they could have an intervention where friends and family get together to talk the person down to make sure they're okay and a lot of times just communicating can change the whole outlook on what the person was going to do because a lot of it is communication a lack of communication so that brought a little more light to the uh, conversation and made me feel a tad bit better you know I can't get over how devastating it was to see the live footage. The Snapchat stories and the live videos. There was one scene that I'll probably replay in my mind for a while and it was um classroom all the children were huddled and when I say children these are high school kids but they're children I mean my kid is going to be 14 he'll be in high school next year 15 he is a child I view him as my child just because they're 16 17 18 doesn't mean that they're not they are children they're little children And there was gunshots. Everyone was screaming. Everyone in the classroom was screaming. They were all huddled. You could see them scrunched together. There was no race. There was no discrimination. There was no fat shaming, no skinny shaming. No one was making fun of anyone. There was no dumb kids or smart kids, or brown nosers. All of them were huddled in the corner. And a little while after, some FBI or SWAT team comes in, carrying massive guns, and they're fil- you know the kid one of the kids, whoever it is, was filming this whole thing. And as soon as the police officers barged into the classroom, the entire classroom screamed, like screamed with so much fear, thinking that it was the gunman and the police officers or whatever started to say, we're the police, we're the police, we're the police. The screaming somewhat stopped and the police officers said everyone put your hands in the air you know to make sure that no one had a gun and to make sure no one had a knife and probably just some sort of procedure and what was so unbelievably it's so small but when all the kids raised their hands in the air there was a a boy you, you see all these hands go up in the camera. And there was a boy who raised both of his hands and his hands were shaking, uncontrollably shaking with so much real fear. Devastating. Not the movies, not pretend not acting, real, honest to God, fear for your life, and I just can't imagine my son being that afraid. You know, as a parent, you want to protect. And, uh... God. My heart goes out to all the families. I, uh... I just want to say how important it is to love up on your kids. Don't be so hard on your kids. You got to show love. There's got to be hugging and kissing and loving. This came from a place of hate. There's no other place that this comes from other than a place of hate. Hatred. And see, whether or not children are being bullied is a whole nother thing. And that's a whole nother subject that I'm not even going to get into. And I'm not going to say that just because you're not... You're bullied at school and your mom loves you. Doesn't mean that you're still not going to hate people at school for bullying you. But I am saying that having parents that are filling you with love helps. It helps. It helps with making right decisions. It helps with confidence. It helps with drugs. It helps with alcohol, abuse. It all stems from love. You need to show more love towards your students classmates, children, brothers and sisters. Cause see, this is what happens. And this is what I'm going to close with. When tragedy happens, there's love. There was so much hugging. There was one instance where they were filming this tall boy And he had his, both of his hands on a young boy's shoulder. And the young boy was visibly upset. And you could see the older boy talking and consoling and loving and hugging and hugging and hugging. When else would you see that? When else would you see two boys consoling and hugging? Only in death, only in sorrow, and only in tragedy. I was told once that tragedy is necessary. Because tragedy, only in tragedy, does the deepest of love come out. And as much as I want to disagree with that, it's evident. It's true. There is no more race. There's no more differences in color, creed, nationality, language. Everyone comes together and there's grief. And maybe it's necessary. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you that it's definitely food for thought. When you look at the love and all the hugging, all of the love that came out of it, more than would have ever, ever come out ever between people because of this. There were people that were touching and hugging, group prayers, crying on each other in huge groups That never ever would have happened unless this tragedy occurred. And it's unfortunate. That we don't support each other more. And love each other more. Just because. So... I wonder what your thoughts are. I wonder if you know anyone in the area. I wonder what your thoughts are on gun control. I wonder what your thoughts are on watching over people's social media and narking on people. I wonder what your thoughts are on my comment about tragedy bringing us closer together and that possibly tragedy is necessary in order to remind us of how much we need each other you know I say often that I've never blocked a new one on Facebook like friends I mean stalkers obviously but you know, there's like things where people will be friends and then they're not friends and then they unfriend each other and block each other. And I've never done that to anybody where I've been friends with somebody and then not friends with somebody and then felt the urge to block them out of my life. And it might sound sort of dark, but the reason I don't do that If they wanna do that to me, that's their decision. But the reason I don't do that is because I always think to myself, if we were in danger and me and that person were together, I would save them. If they were falling off of a cliff, I would save them. If we were running from a bad guy, I would insist that they come with me. I would hold their hand. I would run with them. I would guide them, protect them, help them. I would never leave them. There isn't one person in my past who's no longer in my life that I hate so much that I would leave to die. Nobody. So why would I block them now? Why would I leave them? We're alive and we're not in danger. Why would I block them out of my life now? Knowing very well that if there was a tragedy, I would never just pull up a black curtain. I would never ignore. I would never pretend like I didn't hear I would never pretend like they didn't exist. If we were running from zombies, if we were falling off a cliff, if we were on the Titanic together, I would save them. And I wish and I hope That you think of the people in your life. And uh, not think bad thoughts. Not saying you have to be best friends. I think that it's good to cut off some people. But don't hate, don't block, don't cut off completely. There needs to be more love and more understanding, more concern. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening today. I apologize for the long pauses. I was trying not to cry. Um, thank you for joining me today, Nation of Diamonds. Um, I was your host, Sabrina Victoria. Be sure to follow me here on SoundCloud and check out all my other social media under sabrinavictoria.com. It's always healthy, passion-filled content here, usually. (laughs) And I'm always here to support you in your dreams. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I am always willing to hear and guide you to your passion. And even in times of tragedy, and even more so,